We are back at the podcast barn. This is Dr. D. And Brother T, what a joy, what a joy. It has been three weeks, bro. Yes. Since we are together. Now, we missed two podcasts, but that's three weeks. This is the third Tuesday it since is. we got together. Guess what I got for Christmas? I know, but you tell them. <laughs> I know, but you tell them. I got several things, but but one of the things that I did get was an Ember coffee cup. I was so envious, so jealous. It yeah. was sin. It yeah, was sin. Yeah, I was causing you, know, you to covet. Yeah, I mean, I told you, I've got a motorcycle, your motorcycle over here. Yeah. Don't covet that. Yeah. Your boat outside, I don't covet that. No, no. But the steam coming off your Ember. Hot coffee for as long oh, as you man. want it. Oh, yeah. drink that last drop. Yeah, right so up. I talked about it, and a precious couple... Yeah. Um, they purchased and gave it to me, and I have every cup of coffee every morning. Yeah. I don't see how peasants drink coffee anymore. I, I don't yeah. understand anymore. Yeah. That's like yeah. the dark ages. Oh, my goodness. It's like the dark ages, yeah. son. So, I, yeah, yeah I, that's my first. Of course, you and I are both early risers. Big time. So, we're up yeah. at 530, 545 yeah. having our first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, when you, you make that, and, and even if you kind of doze off for a second sometimes, yeah. you ever, I do Bible reading first uh-huh. thing, and. I love the Bible. It's my favorite right. book. Well, there's sometimes it's not that boring. I mean, it's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you get into the begats or you get a story that you've read a thousand times and you can read it over in your mind. Did you just say that out loud? <laughs> you said that out loud, my brother. <laughs> I, I can tell you don't pastor anyone. Listen, White Oakers, it is never boring. Every word of God. <laughs> All right, you've got an opening chapter of Numbers. Tell me that's not boring. Hey, listen, Leviticus is where Ooh. daily Bible reading dies every year. Yes, Leviticus. Yeah. We don't oh, get any further than that. Yes. So, you know what I'm doing this year? What are you anyway, doing? Anyway, what I was going to say is even yeah. if you doze off reading a good book. Right. Say there you go. I'm say, reading uh-huh. a good book because you got up so early. You wake up, your coffee's still hot. Yes, it is. It it's did wonderful. not cool off while you were dozing. It's incredible. It is, I love my ember. This year I've decided I am uh, reading the four Gospels carefully through. So I'm in Mark chapter 12 right now. Now I did this before the end of the year. Okay. I got through the end of that last reading pattern mm-hmm. I was doing and going, I really think I need to look more than anything else at the words of Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, you know? That's beautiful. So I started we are, we're doing the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan. So right now we're in Genesis, Nehemiah, Matthew, and Acts. One chapter each. Um, and it is, it's it's great. Our whole church is doing it. Nice. Yes. So it's yeah, There's awesome. something about that. That's that kind of, uh, like a common book of prayer where everybody reads yeah. out of the same book right, every right, morning. Right. Or yeah. lectionary where all the preachers preach out of the same yes. text every week. Yeah. You're having Bible reading where everybody's reading we are. from the same place. Yeah. I put it on Facebook every morning and nice. they all have their own Bible reading plan. It's, it's great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Matthew for me first, now Mark. Mark's really good. I'm enjoying it. And then I think there's two other Gospels, isn't there? I think so. Yeah. 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 Luke Maybe and John. Luke. Yeah. Luke and John. Luke and John. Yeah. Right. So that's what I'm doing as the new year begins. But uh, we've been off for a little while. We did so because of a couple things. Mm-hmm. I was doing some traveling, preaching, and is going to have to get back. And holidays and good night. I don't know. But the, the COVID had been running right. rampant. Yes. Um, I yeah. was preaching at church this last Sunday, got a phone call. We're not having church. Yep, yep, yep. So had to cancel one of the Sundays. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of rough. Yeah, numbers have picked up. It is. It really is. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, this started March of 2020. Yeah. 
And then last year we were dealing with it, and now 2022, and we're still dealing with these things. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. And I have the opinion, brother T, and we're not we're not talking about COVID today. We got no. we got a great subject, but you know we always kind of just have to warm up before right. we get started. Oh yeah, that uh, tomorrow is the two year anniversary when I left my full time pastorate, January the 12th, 2020. Yes. Uh, about January the 19th, 2020, I was in the doctor's office mm-hmm. saying. I feel like I've been run over and backed up, mm. you know? Mm. Um, my wife knows that she has to make me call the doctor. Right, right. I will, I will self-remedy. Mm-hmm. I'll rest. I'll do anything. I, I was getting up in the middle of the night, could not breathe. Mm. And I was looking for breathing treatments. My son has asthma, so I'd go mm-hmm. get his breathing treatment. Uh, I could not walk past the bed without lying down. It was terrible. Right, right. And so I finally called my doctor, a good, close personal friend, and he got me in. They ran every single test they could, mm-hmm. could not find anything. But he said, man, you it's like you got the bad flu or something. Mm. And uh, I really believe during my retirement, because I greeted and hugged yeah. hundreds of necks right. you know, when, yes. when we left. Mm-hmm. I think that it was already going on. Yeah. I think uh, it was going yeah. on in January. Yes. And it's been a it's been a terrible ride because as you know, my dad passed away from COVID. That's right. And then my sister You've you've uh, really been yeah, hit by it. Passed away from COVID. And so it's been a difficult journey. Yeah. yeah. And personally and just as a pastor. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've done a few funerals even though I'm not not the pastor any longer. I've done a few of uh, COVID deaths and just praying hard that we get through this thing. This I hope it's the last wave of it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um we'll just see. God we'll knows. see, my brother. We'll God see. Knows. We are about, Brother T, to get into a subject that I spoke on. Let me, I can look at my notes and tell you when that was. The summer of 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, four years ago. Right. I had such a burden on my heart. I, I can only relate this to back probably 25 years ago, going way back now, when the Lord really put on my heart a deep burden for what people were doing in the Halloween season. Right. I And... I don't know where it came from. It came out of the blue, but I mean, it was oppressive almost till I did some studying mm-hmm. and I did a series of several years around October 31st, just about the origins of Halloween. I tried not to get into the hype. I tried not to get into all the stuff I think that is just fabricated by fundamentalist Christians, quite honestly. I just wanted to look at it honestly mm-hmm. and uh, actually had changed the way our church looked at the holiday, what we did during that period of time. A lot of families came and appreciated it. Some still thought I was, you know, I was just off my nut. Right, really. right, yeah. <clears throat> but, I, but once several years passed mm-hmm. and I had done what I was supposed to do, that burden left, that conviction left. And I don't, you know, I don't need to talk about it. I wrote a book about it, you yes, know. Yes, and. Uh, but that was just based upon the things I'd learned. But I, I, mm-hmm. that was. But four years ago, I had such a conviction on this subject matter, mm. uh, what what we would call Calvinism, right? Calvinism right. in yes. the church. Yes. And one of the reasons, Brother T, is that I was a pastor of a church. Well, we didn't talk a lot about being Baptist, quite honestly, because we probably did a few things that weren't too Baptistic. Mm-hmm. But we were started by the Hamilton County Baptist Association. Right. We still contributed to Southern Baptist Convention, the mm-hmm. missions work, both mm-hmm. in America and around the world. And we, we were pretty much a Southern Baptist church. And I came to realize that over a period of time that Southern Baptists were being infiltrated with uh, Calvinists. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, my background, of course, I grew up, I went to a Christian high school. Yeah. 
And then I went immediately into, uh, here in Chattanooga, a, um, a seminary, a uh, Baptist seminary. And as you know, was kicked out after yeah. the first year, went yeah. to UTC before I went back to um, Bible College and Seminary. And um, so my view was very, very, very Baptistic. Yeah. Very Baptistic, yeah. you know. I came into ministry being a, a very lost person. Mm-hmm. My testimony was a very lost person. But the, <clears throat> the church experience I had mm-hmm. before going to a Baptist church, before giving my life to Christ, was out of a, a Pentecostal holiness church, mm. uh, which is as far away from Calvinist that you could get. Right. In our church, we asked somebody whether they're getting, if they were saved, mm-hmm. they would say, I hope so, mm. or I'm trying to live right. Yes. And it was a very much a works-based salvation. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the belief was that when you died, you stood before God in judgment, and He made the decision then based upon what you had done, mm-hmm. uh, whether you went to heaven or hell. Sort of a scale system. Yeah, it was yeah. a scale system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my testimony is I'd done so much bad, I just gave up. Yeah. I yeah. just said, I'm, I'm just going to have a good time on the way to hell. Right. <clears throat> and so, you mm-hmm. know, I just did everything wrong that I could possibly do. Yeah. But uh, got saved in a Baptist church, believed the gospel, believed it wasn't what I did, but what Christ did on my behalf. The yes. I saved. But the great thing was I got to come into faith in what we would call, here's, here's the, the listener's first big word, mm-hmm. soteriology. Right. Right? Yes. There's some great, wonderful words mm-hmm. in, the, you know, in theology, and soteriology is mm-hmm. one of them, which is the study of salvation. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to come to soteriology just with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, I came from this perspective. These people are telling me this, which is true. Yeah. What, what's the right. right way to believe? Mm-hmm. Is it everything that I did that God will measure? Is it right or wrong? I get to go to heaven? And a lot mm-hmm. of people believe that because you hear them, the old jokes. You stand before the pearly gates and St. Peter says, uh, for what reason should I let you in? Exactly. Right? Yep. What did yep. you do right. to right. let in? And then mm-hmm. the other thing is the, the Baptists love to talk about, well, if you said that prayer in elementary school, mm-hmm. vacation Bible school when you're six-year-old, mm-hmm. I don't care how you lived after that, yeah. you are heaven-bound because eternal security is There the you truth. go. You can live like the devil. Woo! Yep. Live like the devil yep. and go to heaven. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. so I always thought that was a pretty good deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, okay. Honestly, though, we were taught in right. our Pentecostal holiness yeah. that was just an absurd, absurd doctrine. Yeah. You know, the one of the things that I do love and admire about you is, you know, I call you a charismatic with a seatbelt. That, that's, that's what I do because the seatbelt's the Word of God. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you grew up in that um, environment, but uh, but you got a seatbelt on, and it is the Word. And I so do. I get I tethered. That. I stay yeah. tethered to the Word. Yes. Even yes. when, you know, it leads me in a direction that a lot of my contemporaries, a lot of my peers, don't agree with, but right. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, sure. I kind of like it. Actually, yeah, I've always been a, a little rebellious. Yeah, you're a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be, but I'm. A, I'm gonna say I'm a free thinker. Right. Yeah. I'm a free thinker, and I, and I, but I'm tethered to the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word is the one thing that is the foundation of my faith. Yes. And when it teaches something, I think that even the group I belong to, which we'll learn during mm-hmm. the course of these three weeks. Uh, that is slightly awry from the word. I, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And and I'm okay with disagreeing with sure. people. You're the James Dean of the Baptist <laughs> I world. <laughs> I got rolled up cuffs right now. Pack of cigarettes in my sleeve. <laughs> You're a rebel, but a rebel with a cause. Rebel with a cause. That's <laughs> there right. You go. There you uh, go. So I, I thought, you know, w- number one, uh, beginning of the year, I thought we'd do something that would be slightly controversial. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not lying about that. Mm-hmm. Slightly controversial. Mm-hmm. Draw some listeners. Right. But also draw some ire. 
Oh, we some will. Ire. Yes, yes. Uh, when I did this at church, um, there's a fella that I that I really enjoy. He is a professor in Texas. Mm-hmm. I got an email from him. Ah. And he said, just want you to know, I had a Calvinist on my podcast. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And he said, and he mentioned you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the things he said weren't too kind. <laughs> and I thought, wow, good. I got yeah. national attention yes, over this. Indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So that's uh-huh. okay. And, and that, that there tends to be, this tends to stir things up. It definitely does. <laughs> I think now more than ever, probably. What I've seen, though, and I, I am not nearly as involved in it as you are, now that uh, our seminary mm-hmm. presidents, leaders, right. most of the professors tend to lean in the Calvinistic direction. Lean heavily. Lean heavily. Yes. In the Cal- Many, particularly younger pastors, mm-hmm. are graduating and becoming pastors of churches mm-hmm. uh, who are pretty strong Calvinists. Yes. Very strong Calvinists. Right. Then... Uh, I began to think that's not the that's not the Baptist church that I pastored. Mm-hmm. So, see, I pastored a small Baptist church before Dallas Bay for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go back two years from Dallas Bay, thirty years at Dallas Bay, year and a half. That so about thirty four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't I didn't hear about these things. I no, didn't hear these folks no. uh, being that prominent. Right when you were over at Pilgrim's Rest, yes, and Pilgrim's I was Rest. across over at Union Ford. That's right. Just didn't hear about it. Did not hear about it at all, and it is a, and it just snuck up on me. And I really believe it has been an effort that has been put together methodically. Well, I mean, honestly, think about it. Most of the podcasts, most of the video sermons that folks can find now are from those who are Reformed. Yes. Those who are Calvinistic. In We're gonna, I'm going to list yeah. some of the names here in just I a think few it's minutes that people yeah. will recognize. If you listen to Christian podcasts at all or Christian preachers, mm-hmm. you may be surprised right. by some of the people that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we ought to define something. First of all, this comes out of the Protestant Reformation. Yes. Uh, and the Protestant Reformation was led by a central figure. Mm-hmm. His name was Martin Luther. Right. Not Martin Luther King. Not Martin Luther Mar- King. Martin yeah. Luther. Probably where Mr. Martin Luther he, King. You it's know, exactly where he did. his namesake. Yeah, it's exactly where he did. Um, was really a great man, a great uh, man of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a Catholic priest. Right. He was particularly a teacher, and an instructor, an educator. Mm-hmm. And he... In studying the scripture, being tethered by the scripture again, he began to look at what he thought were some um, bad practices, Mm -hmm. let's just say, in the Catholic Church, which was the church at the time. Inconsistent with the word. Yes, inconsistent with the word, things like papal infallibility, that sort of thing. Uh, He saw some, what he thought was the fleecing of the poor, Mm -hmm. taking money from people to build grandiose buildings right. and, and make the church rich. He, he really was concerned with it. Did not think that the Pope was involved. Thought this was like a middle management thing. Mm. So he wrote 95 things, called the 95 Thesis yes. of Luther. Mm-hmm. Tacked them on the church door right. at Wittenberg yeah. in yeah. Uh, what we would call <laughs> Germany today. Uh-huh. 500 years ago, October the 31st, 1517. Yes, yes, exactly. So Halloween and Reformation Day are the same day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, That got distributed amongst the common people. What he intended, Brother T, was just to talk with other professors, other 
of his peers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I talk about that's kind of like the bulletin board is today. The door, the church door, is where you stuck things that you want to make a public announcement. Yeah, about. you know it, they do that on some in some churches in Jamaica. Do they really? Yeah, they do. They still they, use the yeah, door. They do. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I remember at church there being a bulletin board, no doubt, yeah. in the main uh, foyer. Sure. And the, you know, you just checked on the community events mm-hmm. right there. Well, it was at the door, mm-hmm. and but the people got a hold of it and began to distribute it, and because they were also being fleeced by the church, right? They, they were just, you know, something. We won't get into everything, but indulgences where mm-hmm. you paid the church particular amounts of money to have your sins forgiven. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. incredible right. wrongs being yes. done by the church. And so they found themselves a hero. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he led, along with some others, uh, a bloody Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. It blew up. Blew up, son. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And to the point where if you ever listen to the beautiful song that he wrote, A Mighty Fortress mm-hmm. is Our God, mm-hmm. he wrote while in seclusion, uh, being kept safe from those who were trying to kill him, mm. supposedly, right. Uh, right. by the Pope, yeah. by the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. Right. A mighty man of God. Yes. Very, very bold. Yes. Very bold. And he was confronting mm-hmm. some questions, some uh, erroneous behavior mm-hmm. by that contemporary church of his. Right. Uh, so most of what came out of the Protestant Reformation was in reaction mm-hmm. to the negative things that were going on in the world of Christianity. Right. So are we calling ourselves the Martin Luthers of today? I would never be so okay. bold. Okay. I, I, just, I, I was just trying to see where you were going. But I would yeah. never be yeah. so bold okay. as to say that. Okay. He was much braver man, a man of greater faith than me. Uh, but out of his teachings right. and out of that Reformation, yep. of which we get the Lutheran Church and mm-hmm. other Protestant churches, uh, other men showed up. And the one that we speak of most often when we talk about Calvinism is yeah, a man Calvin. named John Calvin. Yeah, yeah. Born in France, mm-hmm. lived in Belgium. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he wrote a lot of stuff that uh, he set down a framework of Christian belief mm. that was not Catholic. Okay. And a lot of what we get out of Calvinism and... Um, there's particularly five points in Calvinism that most people think of. Yeah, we get from those writings. Okay, all right. That uh, I disagree with, and, <laughs> and and I do too. Yeah, but you know, honestly, I think we're dinosaurs sometimes. Yes, um, because we do disagree with that yeah. in today's society. And I, I want to say, as we begin this, this is not an attack on no. people who call themselves Calvinists. No. At all. Right. Uh, there, seem, there, there is some, I mean, like I said, I've been spoken of ill mm-hmm. because of my beliefs, and um, there's been some pretty heated debates and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, but uh, we have the right to interpret Scripture through the Holy Spirit that's given to us mm-hmm. in such a way that I think that um, we can say we disagree with what's being said. And, yeah. And I think many of our listeners will as well, and they might be surprised as to some of the people that, you know, who are now influential in the Christian church. So yes. can I read some names of what what today is listed? Let me let me give you the names of the groups, now how they identify themselves. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Reformed. Right. Right. Coming out of the Reformation. Grace based. Mm-hmm. Uh gospel centered. Mm-hmm. The elect, right? Calvinist, yes. New Calvinist, or the young, restless, reformed movement. Yeah, yeah. All of these groups. Yeah, every one of these groups. Yes, indeed. 
So there's some some people that might be well known by some of our listeners who are cited in uh, in some work by the Young Restless Reform movement mm-hmm. as being the most influential of the Young Restless Reformed or of the Calvinist movement right. today. Right. Uh, Louis Giglio, mm-hmm. Passion of uh, Atlanta. Right. Yes. Alistair Begg. Right. Uh, great voice. Yeah, I love that voice. Yes. J.D. Greer, mm-hmm. very well-known Southern Baptist. Great guy, too. Yes. Uh, David Platt. Right. Um, got in an argument with somebody one time about David Platt because David is, uh, it's got a great mission mind, a mission yes. heart. And yes. you cannot imagine uh, him believing some of the things I think that, uh, well, let me just tell you, I wrote an article uh-huh. back when I was a pastor. Right. Uh, I was doing a blog at the time, and I wrote about David Platt becoming the president of our International Mission Board. I remember that, yes. And I I said, great man, great father, great pastor, great scholar, all these things, but why would we we put a Calvinist in part where we take the gospel to the world? Yeah. And I was raked over the coals. Belasted. Belasted, yes. yes. I still stand by what I said. Yeah. (laughs) Francis Chan. Right. Um, John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, that just, just gets some folks, doesn't it? It does. Because a lot of people swear by John MacArthur. Got yeah. the John MacArthur Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Al Mohler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Driscoll. Right. By the way, Mark Driscoll kind of goes, whatever, <laughs> whichever the way the wind is blowing. <laughs> I think he's blowing a different way right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for a while, he was a part of the Young Restless Reformed right. yeah. or the... Uh, Acts, mm-hmm. what was 29, it? Acts 29, I think it is. Okay. I think it's called that. Um, uh, R.C. Sproul. Right. Tim Keller. Yes. Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. And the big one. The big one. The most influential drum John roll, Piper. Drum John, roll, John Piper. John, yes. Soft-spoken oh, John man. Piper. Right, yes. Soft-spoken. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Arthur Pink. Of yesteryear. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah, pink. Yeah, my dad. My dad gave me a, his library, of course. Yeah. And uh, the other day, I was looking through one of the books, and it's an Arthur Pink book. And my dad had written in the front of it, "Tony, eat the meat, spit out the oh bones." Oh my goodness! Spit out the bones. Spit out the bones. <laughs> you know. I, I don't know right now. I have a, a a great number of notes. Yeah. That you and I are sharing, um, from which I did the study before. And we will read it succinctly later because I'm not sure exactly where in these notes they are. But Arthur Pink says, God definitely does not love all. Oh, oh. Arthur Pink wrote that he loved the elect. Right, right. Yeah. And, and that's why my dad said, listen, spit out. Yeah. Spit it out, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I see where, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, the sovereignty read. of God yeah. in a work. Um, the Sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink. God yeah. loves whom he chooses. He does not love everybody. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Yes. And yes. we'll talk about how they interpret John 3.16 right, yeah. as to be different in the way that you and I would interpret John mm-hmm. 16. Now, one of, the, one of the things that we hear is, and I've, I've been told this on more one occasion, and they've, I've heard it said in, in a smart aleck way, and I've said it in a very concerned way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard them say that if you understood Scripture correctly, mm-hmm. you would be a Calvinist. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that you've not yet come to that place. And then other people said, you're just too dumb to be a Calvinist. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I like, uh, I didn't always agree with everything Richard Land would say or do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, for those of you who don't know, Richard Land was 
the president of the Southern Baptist Convention Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Right. Uh, he was confronted this because there was a uh, a young Calvinist pastor who was also a seminarian, and uh, he he made this comment that uh, those traditionalists, meaning those people who are not Calvinists, who are not Calvinists, are simply that way because they do not understand Calvinism. You just don't as understand Reformed theology. And mm-hmm. here's what uh, uh, Land said. The underlying assumption there is that if we understood it, we would be Calvinist. And the fact that we're not Calvinist is our fault because we don't understand it. Mm. I love what he said. He said, I understand Calvinism. I just don't think it's right. <laughs> so ignorance is, is what a lot of people will say. You, you're just ignorant if you if you un- truly understand what one scripture say and number two what Calvin was writing. You would also be a Calvinist, but because you don't understand, it's just a matter of you becoming understanding that you would also be a Calvinist. And and I would say I, when I wrote this. Bible study, which I entitled Why I Chose Not to Be a Calvinist, which right. is the play on words there that we'll talk about later, um, <laughs> is that I, I really came about it from a person who came out of an Armenian or very works-based and was pastoring a church in a convention and a denomination that was becoming more and more Calvinist. And, and I had a clean slate. I said, let's just see what the Bible mm-hmm. says. Let me read both sides of the story. And yes, I did read a lot of writing of uh, Calvinistic contemporaries of mine, mm-hmm. as well as John Calvin himself, right. uh, to to come up with this idea, and the the subject matter of the Bible study that I did, and so again, not in order to attack them, but in order to say no, it's not the fact that you're ignorant; mm-hmm. it is the fact that simply you see Scripture in a different light, and the holistic Scripture of a God who loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should never perish but have everlasting life. Right, exactly. Uh, Very difficult, very difficult for me to uh, put a parenthesis around the world and say that that's anything other than everyone. Yeah, and I I would venture to say I, I disagree with all five points that we will get to. Yeah. In, 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 in some, some parts, sense or another. In some sense or another, I disagree with all five points. Right. right. And the five points that we're talking about typically uh, are known as the tulip. Right. Right. Um, and you and I, we, we both know them, right? The, what mm-hmm. the tulip stands for. Mm-hmm. But we, we're going to go over them in detail right. what they are. Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, mm-hmm. irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Right. Those right. things. And quite frankly, a lot of Baptists will go, what's wrong with those? Mm-hmm. And when we read the depths, we're going to talk about things like theistic and meticulous determinism. Okay. You heard of those terms? Before? I have heard of those terms. Um, let, let, let me just say, that was the one that just yanked my chain. Right, right. That as we will read one contemporary Calvinist preacher-teacher, Mm-hmm. very famous, very well-loved, say that not one molecule in the universe moves unless God moves it. Mm. Okay. Now, now think about what that means. Right. One, not one little old lady is helped across the street unless God put it upon the heart of that person to walk them across the street. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
What if we say not one child has been abused in this world that God did not cause to be abused? Yeah, think about it. Right. And 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 then when that person was pursued, said as as much. And, and if you'll read the writings of Calvin, he said that that really burdens him. Mm-hmm. But he has to, as he studies scripture, to say that that is true. Mm-hmm. Theistic determinism or meticulous determinism, which means mm-hmm. every little action in the world, good and bad are caused by the sovereignty of God. So God authors sin. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Calvinists would say no, mm-hmm. but I don't... The, how can you logistically... How can you say that? Right. In one hand, say everything good and bad happens by the hand of God, by the by the sovereign will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, even... And here's here's what we're going to talk about it. Salvation. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Brother T, we look at differently than they. We do. Right. And I think you have to do some gymnastics to look at it the way that they look at it. Yeah. And and ignore so many passages of Scripture. Yes. You know. Uh, and there are some passages that, um, if you take it out of context, right. it sounds very Calvinistic. Yes. You know. And uh, and we'll probably mention several of those. Yes, well, and let me tell you, uh, not only with Calvinism, Brother T, but if we are honest <clears throat> about yes. studying the Word, and this is I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just as honest as I can yeah. about studying the Word. There are other places in Scripture also that I struggle with. Right. Uh, I was reading recently in Mark, as I told you, I'm reading <laughs> through Mark in the morning, and when he looks around in them and says, "Listen, if you have faith, you say to that mountain, be removed, and it's right. removed." Yes. Yes. Wait a minute. I've prayed for some things that did not occur. Definitely. Definitely. And and I don't understand it. Yeah. And let's be honest. If you repent and if you're baptized, yes. you will be saved. Yes. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and neither one of us believe in baptismal regeneration. We do not. You know. And and yet there there and a couple of other places, if you look at that, it looks like you must be baptized yep. uh, to, to be saved. Yep. Uh, before we leave this this morning I want to read here's number one the prince of preachers breaks my heart to say was Calvinist Mm. Charles H. Spurgeon yeah right yeah even though when you read his writings he disagrees with himself several times (laughs) I mean honestly he disagrees with his he was a tormented man you know that right oh Uh, yeah there there was an event that took place in his life while he was preaching right that there was a fire and many Mm -hmm. people died and uh that tormented him for a long time, mm-hmm. and well, the sloth of despond is what woo, he called it. Sloth of yeah. despond, isn't that what he called it? I don't, I don't know. You're smarter than I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what he said: You know, brethren, that there is no soul living. This is Charles Spurgeon, who holds more firmly to the doctrines of grace than I do. And if any man asks me whether I am ashamed to be called a Calvinist, I answer: I wish to be called nothing but a Christian. But if he asks me, do I hold the doctrinal views which were held by John Calvin? I reply, I do in the main hold to them and rejoice to avow it. But my dear friends, far be it from me even to imagine that Zion contains none within her walls but Calvinistic Christians, or that there are none saved who do not hold our views. Mm. That's pretty fair. Mm, yeah. I'm a Calvinist, but I'm not saying that you have to be a Calvinist to be a Christian. He goes on yeah. to talk about John Wesley, right. who is an Armenian, mm-hmm. right? Methodist yeah. church, an Armenian. And he said, The character of John Wesley stands beyond all imputation for self-sacrifice, zeal, holiness, and communion with God. He lived far above the ordinary level of common Christians as one 
of whom the world was not worthy. Mm. I, see, I think that's fair. I mean, right. that's so balanced. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. I yes, think. yes. But I thought we'd end with me just uh, mention a couple of scriptures here. Scriptures do seem sometimes to contradict themselves mm-hmm. as far as whether or not God elects or God does not elect. Mm-hmm. Romans nine twenty two through twenty four. I'm even reading it from uh, uh, the Christian Standard Bible, which, quite frankly, many people think is the Calvinistic Standard Bible. That's what the C stands for. <laughs> right. and, and what if, this is Romans 9, 22 through 24. And what if God, <clears throat> wanting to display his wrath and to make power known, endured with much patience objects of wrath prepared for destruction, prepared for destruction, mm. right? And what if he did this to make known the riches of his glory and objects of mercy that he prepared beforehand for glory on us, the ones he also called, not only the Jews, but also from the Gentiles. So it seems to be saying there that God called some for destruction Mm -hmm. and some for salvation. Right. But how do you juxtapose, how do you hold that over against John 3.16? For God loved the world in this way. Same scripture Mm -hmm. that they're using from the same translation. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, King James says, whosoever who believes in him will not perish but have ever or eternal life. Right, yes. How do you reconcile those verses that seem to be contradictory. Mm, and we're going to be digging into that stuff. We are. Yes. So what are we going to do next week? We are going to talk about T-U-L-I-P. Yes, indeed. I don't know if we get through it totally or not, but again, total depravity. Right. Unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Yes, indeed. And I know many Baptists who say, uh, you know, Brother Ken, I, I don't agree with any of those except perseverance of the saints. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, when you see the the basis for perseverance of the saints, you may even disagree with it. I do. Right. Yeah. I do yeah. from the perspective yeah. of that it's written the way the they the way they interpret, they interpret it. it. Yes. It's yes. really based on the election of God, not on his salvation. That's where in Ephesians two eight and nine, mm-hmm. the gift of God is not salvation, mm-hmm. but He gifts you the faith so that you can be saved. Mm-hmm. That you're dead and you can't be saved unless He makes you alive first, mm-hmm. regenerates you first. Mm-hmm. We would believe that regeneration follows repentance. Exactly, right. They would say, a Calvinist would say, mm-hmm. regeneration must precede repentance and faith mm-hmm. because that regeneration is a gift of God mm-hmm. So, because dead men can't believe anything. Right, yeah. yeah. They're totally depraved. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to talk about yeah. that. <clears throat> it's going to be really interesting, I think. And once again here, I, I got brothers who, uh, dear friend that pastor a church down the street from me, he and I were very good friends. He retired before I did, uh, extremely Calvinistic. Yes. Extremely Calvinistic. Right. And he pretty much said to me one day, well, when you understand it, you'll be a Calvinist too. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even know how to respond. That was many years ago that he said that. But mm-hmm. he and I were really de- real dear friends. Mm-hmm. And, and when he sees me out now, we'll have a good conversation sure. in the grocery store or whatever. And, and I certainly have... No axe to grind right. with the people. Right, yeah. But I, re- I really strongly feel that this is hurt mm-hmm. uh, in our churches. But we're just not mad about it. No, I'm yeah. not mad about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, I was convicted by right. it. Right, exactly. That's a little bit different, yes, right? it is. I wasn't it mad is. about Halloween nope. either. I just got convicted by <laughs> it. <laughs> so I, I hope that our people really enjoy this. We mm-hmm. thought we'd start the uh, year off with a bang. Yeah. Right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Causes us to put our thinking caps back right, on again right, and go back yeah. and look at some notes and things because mm-hmm. I want to treat it fairly. 
And, um, and, and uh, let me just say once again, those people that we read off are, uh, when I read John MacArthur, and I will, mm-hmm. he, he's a great Greek scholar. Oh, man. Really good. He yeah. helped me out a lot. Yes. Uh, but man, you cannot hardly keep a Reformed theologian from talking about salvation. Mm-hmm. They, they will almost turn every subject over right. to that. They're going to get to it. And they're going yeah. to get to it yes. somehow, yeah. and uh, that, that bothered me. What I knew that he was, I didn't know in the beginning when I studied from some of his books, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know that he was. Mm-hmm. I disagreed with him tremendously coming from my background, Brother T, that when he would call them, what, charismaniacs. Mm, yeah, yeah. Charismaniacs. Right, right. Uh, and some of the translations of Scripture he did concerning the work of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. That bothered me. I could live with it. Right. But then I began to read more deeply into some mm-hmm. of this other, and I go, um, uh, we need to say something about yeah. that. I think John Piper and John MacArthur are the two top, probably, yeah. most well-known. Yes, Calvinist and John Piper seems like such a gentleman. Oh, yes. Such a gentleman. Yeah. He will say when we talk about it, though, when he finally came to grips with Reformed theology, mm-hmm. that, that he went into a stupor. He 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 was depressed for days mm. when he became realized that that was the truth. Oh, wow. That God would send some people to hell without sure. ever having an opportunity to, for salvation. Mm. That, that, that caused me to be depressed, too. Uh, yeah, you're about to depress me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Except I know it's not true. <laughs> well, we don't want to end on a low note. <laughs> so we're going to still laugh a lot. Yeah. That, one, oh, yeah. of the, one of the characteristics of this podcast is we have fun. Yes, we do, my right? brother. We have fun. Yes, we and, do. But we do also talk about serious subjects. Yes. And this is a serious subject we're going to talk about, we're going to study, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so at least two more weeks we'll be on this subject as we begin this year. Something you're really excited about, I know. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. We're going to have a great time with it. We are going to have a blast. So tell your friends, if people have questions about this, been concerned about this, then we're going to be as honest as we possibly can. To say that I'm going to show both sides equally would be a lie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody comes with a prejudice. Yes. And I do have a prejudice toward this, but it's only after looking deeply into the subject, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, I agree. Well, everybody, I hope everybody stays well. I do too, man. I do too. I'm doing everything I can to... Stay out of crowds and, right. and everything else. Yeah, me too. Me, well, uh, I, it's hard for me to stay out of crowds. It is. You, you know? get that mega church. Yeah, and yeah. It's, mega it's, church pastors are. Right. It's it hard is. To stay it's out just of hard on us. It really it's, is hard on a pastor <laughs> because you're expected right. to love on people yeah. and be in people's faces yeah. and and everything. And you are a lovable guy. Well, I mean, you know, I try to be. Yeah, I, I, I try. I yeah, I don't be. know of a pastor I've ever known who's more loved by his people than you are. <laughs> And I'm telling the honest goodness yeah, truth. I hear that over and over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You I really hope it's are. True. I, it's I hope true. It's true. You're like a big old teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> so you be careful, brother. I will you be, be careful. careful. <laughs> <laughs> I was more like a Bigfoot. They said, "I believe he exists." <laughs> I saw him in the pulpit. <laughs> You were an arm's length kind of guy. Arm's length, I, yeah. You know, just yeah. who I am. Yeah, I love people. But yes, you do. I don't like to stand in someone's face. Yeah, behind the wall, you love them to death. I love them to death. Yeah, <laughs> we we get too far in that. But anyway, you. I hope our people are careful. I hope you can tell your friends about our podcast. We look forward to being back with you again next week. God bless. God bless. <laughs>